Good evening, and if you're listening live, you are listening on 105.3 out of New Orleans, Louisiana, to the Angel Rock on United Public Radio Network, sometimes known as UFO Paranormal Radio Network. I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. If you've never been to the show before, welcome, and if you're returning, we always appreciate your support. Please make sure you share our network with your friends and family. There's always something for everybody on this network with new shows and new hosts coming and uh, something for everyone. A little bit about myself. I'm a Canadian clairvoyant medium, a crystal Reiki energy healer, a Kashuk Records practitioner, spiritual teacher and mentor, and also a registered nurse. And if you haven't been to my show before, I always say I cover all aspects of the esoteric, the spiritual side. We always usually have a positive spin on, well, I think we always do have a positive spin on the show uh, with a little bit of truth seeking sometimes thrown in there. We talk about the paranormal, all kinds of really cool and interesting topics. At least most people seem to find it that way. And the guests that I have on my show are from all walks of life, whether what they're doing professionally or extracurricularly. Um, they're making a positive change for humanity. And tonight I have a good friend of mine who is a returning guest, a huge supporter of our network, as well as my show, The Angel Rock. I'm going to say his name. I'm going to read a bit about his bio and then we'll get started. His name is Dave Petrella. He is is a um, biologer, he's an astrologer, he's the spiritual, I'll say teacher, and uh, he is also an Oak Island um, theorist supporter, but he's also, you could talk to Dave about a multitude of topics, and you will, it's just astounding the amount of wealth of knowledge that Dave has. So welcome, Dave, I'm so glad you could join me tonight. Oh, thanks, Lily. I appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks I was gonna, I was gonna throw in podcaster too because I know you do right. podcasting as well. But you didn't put that in your bio. But I thought I'll throw it in here live anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm doing. Um, me and my friend uh, Karen Holton. You guys, uh, you, of course, you know Karen. One of my so. good friends who I have not talked to. I haven't talked to any of my good friends. So I'm going to give them a huge shout out to Karen Holton and Leanne. I also want to give a huge shout out to Jane. I will not say your last name, but it's her birthday tomorrow, and she's going for surgery. So anybody listening out there, send her some good juju and healing energy. But anyway, sorry. With Karen, mm -hmm. you're doing podcast, right? Yeah, so Karen, you know, I actually met Karen uh, through Laura Lee last year. It's been mm -hmm. uh, it's been like probably fourteen months or something. Laura Lee's been. Yeah, you know, I was fun. looking back actually, not for today's banner, but um, mm -hmm. I was using a banner for something else, and I went, "Holy cow, has it been that long since I've known Dave?" <laughs> it happened. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, me, so, oh, sorry. Good. No, you go ahead. So me and Karen started a, a podcast actually uh, this past summer, and it's called Aliens and Astrology. Uh, if mm -hmm. you guys want to check it out, you can see it on um, Karen's um, YouTube channel, Karen Holton. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, you know, I, of course, I post it on my YouTube channel and Facebook page and Instagram. I think you got all the links for that uh, stuff mm -hmm. early, too. So anyway, um, well, yeah, we cover uh, we cover any all topics, you know, extraterrestrial related, alien topics, um, encounters, experiences, abductions, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, being able to embrace the, the, the larger spiritual world, which includes, you know, the way I, I say my, my, my alien brothers and sisters, I think you might agree with that. 
um, because we're all part of a big universal family. You know, even mm -hmm. people you might have uh, challenges with, we're, I think we come from the same place uh, initially. So it, it really it makes sense to try to understand, um, you know, where we fit in the system. And then I do the astrology part, of course, because I'm mm -hmm. an astrologer. I do tropical mm -hmm. astrology. And so we just kind of bring it all together and talk about uh, the Earth system and kind of how things um, are, are come in and are created and are maintained and stuff like that. We do all esoteric topics. So we, we do that twice a month. Uh, mm -hmm. First time we feature a topic that's a current topic. The second time we do, uh, we have a guest actually. So um, it's 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 exciting show. You know, I love love Karen and we uh, we have great guests coming on. So come check that out for sure, guys. I think you really like it. Um, and then I started my own kind of um, just casual podcast uh, myself on my YouTube channel, which is just under Dave Petrella. So if you guys mm -hmm. want to see some great guests, it's basically, you know, people that I want to talk to and um, that maybe don't uh, fit into some of the other podcasts I do. It's just I just call them up and we have a conversation. I post it on YouTube. So it's nice to be able to talk about, uh, you know, freely about topics. I've been really enjoying that too. So well, it's nice if you can talk freely about them because I know we have to be careful because I will let you guys know. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, um, well, that's the other thing I want to add before I forget. We are on Roku this week, you guys. This is huge. Roku TV, UPRN. So make sure you check it out. We will be coming to Amazon as well as uh, Apple TV in the next couple months. So hang in there with that. That's a big thing. It's going to increase our audience dramatically. We already are pretty, pretty big. We are in almost all, I think over 200 plus countries around the world, but um, now you'll be able to watch. And speaking of watching, if you're listening to the show and you want to join in the conversation, the best place to do it so we can see your comments is either on UFO Paranormal Radio Network, the YouTube page, or if you do it sorry on the youtube page yes and then on the facebook page as well because if you post it on my profile or anywhere else it's posted they don't show up here and then we can't see you and if you're a fan of the show and you you know you watch regularly you know i love to include you that are part of the audience in part of our discussion so come on join us over there so i forgot to add all that see i got all excited about you being on here dave and then oh definitely <laughs> yeah definitely you said something interesting there, which I think is important. You said, you know, you think that we all come from the same place. And I know you've run into people like this. And I know I have, there's a lot of people that we, we meet that feel like they don't belong here, or they feel like they really connect with the extraterrestrial species more. Or, you know, I've even met people that have had um, ET encounters who claims, you know, they'll have aliens that they will see or they'll end up in their bedroom or it could be an abduction, could be anything like that. And then they mm -hmm. claim these beings will say to them, don't you remember us? We're your family. Have you run into, into situations like that yourself? Uh, well, you know, I have. For me, it's more like kind of visions that I have. It's, uh, I don't mean you it's... personally. I meant like talking to people. I know maybe you haven't had it happen to yourself, mm -hmm. but I like I haven't either. But I've met people that have had these kind of encounters, like, especially if I'm doing a reading or something and they'll be trying to understand, like, what does this mean? Like, why do I not remember these, these beings or. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. You know, of course, Karen shares a lot of her stories, um, mm -hmm. time she spent on, uh, ET craft, you know, and the mm -hmm. wide variety of species that she talks about and basically yeah. how everyone gets along, you know, you have, um, self-sustaining systems for growing food and, uh, powered mm -hmm. by natural sources and everything and there's recycling systems and um you know it's a really brilliant thing it, it's um 
I think it's uh, the, the more we open up to that and just just kind of hear people out. You know, I think you might you would agree with that, Laura Lee. Just just listen mm-hmm. to the story. Try not to come in with a preconception. Just give them a chance to tell their story. I mean, even just last. Uh, well, I did a podcast um, yesterday, actually, on the topic of Oak Island. Of course, you know, I've spent a lot of time there. I've done a lot of work with the show. You might have to tell I... some people what that is, and people may not know. Okay. So, yeah, go well, ahead it's... and tell them what it is. Well, it's called The Curse of Oak Island. It's a very popular show on the History Channel. Um, it, you know, again, it gets all across the world. It's actually one of the most popular shows in the world, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it follows the longest treasure hunt in history, which is since 1795. Uh, takes place in Nova Scotia, Canada, which, of course, Canada, Laura Lee, you know, your country. <laughs> Canadian, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, of course, I live in the United States. Yeah. And and so um, it's a very exciting story. You know, I actually highly recommend people um, certainly go check out the videos I've done on the topic. But the show is it's a great show. You know, I, you know, it, it is a Hollywood show. Obviously, you got to expect that. But in terms of the information and capturing the essence of the people involved with the show, these they're, they're authentic people in the show. They're nice guys. I met, you know, almost all of them mm-hmm. when I was over there. So um, I'm trying to think why I brought it up. Well, Del just, Del just started watching again. I saw the episode he was watching was with one of the Lagina Brothers boys, Alex. And mm-hmm. he was diving with, I think it was... Um, a videographer or somebody to that point with that no he's the guy that uses the metal seeking device i'm sorry i don't okay, know that. gary drayton gary drayton right okay so they were filming but i have to be really honest with you they made it very clear that they were looking down there for metal and the geiger they, i think he said geiger i could be wrong but i think he said geiger was going crazy with the metal detecting machine so they knew there was something there they weren't sure if it was a ship or what but they weren't allowed to touch anything nor dig it nor anything to do with it and it was kind of like well why are you going down there that show right. you can't touch it well that, that was, was probably that literally that might have been um from the, the maybe last season they were doing some underwater um reconnaissance mm-hmm. across the island i just and... walked in the room so you know what i could mm-hmm. be completely wrong i don't watch a lot of tv dave you know that as, as i've told you that oh, many yeah. times on air off air um i just happened to walk in the room because i'm usually working on a project with resin or something and i seen he was watching it so to him yeah, it sure. was new so it could very well have been from last year well, the is it my understanding how it stands right now is that when you mm-hmm. do metal detecting on the ocean floor in Canada, um, you can't uh, actually dig anything. You can like, no. take a picture of it, I think, but you can view it, but you can't actually touch it without a proper permit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to the island, you know, there's they found Mi'kmaq pottery, which is the native tribe in um, the Nova Scotia region. Nova Scotia, New Brunswick region, of course, Atlantic Canada over there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they found pottery. Uh, the mm-hmm. archaeologist Laird Niven found pottery last season. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you have to get in touch with the proper authorities. You know, you have to get in touch with the tribe. There's a huge process that happens. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully at the end of that, you get the clearance to go ahead and actually continue with your work. But, you know, there, there's reasons for, mm-hmm. for systems and, and I believe in preserving things. So I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning to be more patient as a person, too. I, I'm the kind of person that wants to see things happen fast, you know, especially when uh, I'm involved with it and I know I can help, you know. But in terms of uh, when it's supposed to happen, I'm, I'm very um, cognizant of uh, probably what I would call like divine timelines. That mm-hmm. It's not necessarily in my, my time. If, it, if it's something that's going to be helpful for the greater world, you know, and humanity that now maybe I have to be a little bit patient and wait for that to happen so that it happens at the time when it's best for everyone. 
including mm-hmm. me, you know, but including all my brothers and sisters on the planet and off planet too. Well, well, my latest thing I've been saying to myself, and it took, I'm a lot older than you, so I've been thinking about it for a while now, is that when something doesn't happen, when I want it to happen, or I believe it was supposed to happen, I tell myself that it just wasn't the right time for it to happen. And when it does happen, that's when it's meant to happen, right? Because it's kind of like, basically what you're saying it may seem very relevant to what like you said you could help with the situation there's information you could give there's things you could do but Mm -hmm. the problem is we can't see the big plan we can't see the big divine picture right about why things happen when they happen and how and the whole yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) and of course you know like i i've learned to um be able to see that properly too through the years and Every time, Laura Lee, you probably would agree with me on this. I'm assuming you do, but please tell me if you don't. But mm-hmm. every time I, when I look back, it's always You're reading my mind. You're reading <laughs> right. my mind. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. That's why, we're, that's why we're good friends, right? Yeah. Um, but when I look back every single time, I'm like, okay, well, I get it now. But it, sometimes it takes actually about six months for me to actually get why it happened. But I've learned to appreciate even if it's a difficult lesson or something not necessarily that easy i've learned to just be patient just kind of let it wash over like a wave you know mm-hmm. keep keep solid uh keep your integrity and stay strong and just mm-hmm. let it go through and then you'll okay. come out the other end and you'll be like you know what yeah actually because maybe something difficult happened but maybe it actually prevented you from having to go through something even more difficult or sometimes it's a safety thing or a protection thing you know sometimes mm-hmm. i think it's a world timeline thing Sometimes I think it's a karmic thing. So there's all mm-hmm. kinds of reasons for this, you know, but we're not, it's just not a random existence. I, I don't believe we're here for a reason, you know, in, oh, in the, in the right absolutely. time. Absolutely. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. I say all the time. I was thinking that. That's why I said you were reading my mind. But every time, right. and I, I often talk about this, as I say that either on air, off air, you know, mentoring, teaching, just with friends, that if if we're willing to be open-minded and look back, and I don't know, I don't usually have a time frame because sometimes it could be a week, sometimes, not usually, but sometimes could be six months, could be a couple of years. But I've found, especially for myself and with other people that share this and are able to see it, that some of the worst things that we go through in life, and we always say we wouldn't wish it on our worst enemy, but when we look back on it, if we can look back on it with an open mind, exactly what you just said happens either you realize that it's moved something out of the way that needed to be moved and we maybe weren't willing to let go of it or it's made room for something better or like you said a safety issue could be a timeline thing could be anything right but we never get to Uh see the whole big picture because a lot of people this this drives me crazy i was thinking about this the other day was um you know when people find out what you do like you know you're like i identify as a clairvoyant medium and or say psychic for people that maybe don't don't understand that term and the first thing they say is okay if you're psychic tell me something about myself it's like then you got to get almost get into a whole discussion and explain to people it doesn't quite work that way like you know the, the amount of people too like i always make it very clear when someone books a reading with me by the way i want to say hi zach thanks for joining us um is that people when they want to have a reading, and especially say it's about romance or a relationship or something, to make it very clear that I will not be going into that other person's energy field, right? 
because that's I've had a lot of people want to book with me about that. Like, well, why did they do what they did? Why did they? Why did this happen? How, like, what were they doing? Were they cheating on me? Were they? I I can't go in their energy. I'll say, could I? Yes. Will I? Mm-hmm. No, because that's like me breaking into somebody's house, right? There's just all these rules about the universe, if you will, is where I was going with all this, including, I think we just kind of got to live it minute by minute, day by day. And you kind of got to go with the flow because you really don't have a choice, do you? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I agree, Loralee. And I, I believe in a policy, general policy of non-interference, which mm-hmm. for, for me is sort of essentially the cosmic law, which means that, I'm going to do my thing. You know, I have my free will to choose what I want to do uh, mm-hmm. as, as a sovereign spirit. Mm-hmm. And if other people um, don't like what I do, then not, you know, no problem. That's fine. But, you know, I'm going to continue doing the things the way that I believe is correct for me. And also, that's one of the big, big seriously, one of the biggest lessons on this planet, I think, is that, um, you know, don't assume things about people really anything. Uh, don't come out with your preconceptions. Let them speak. Give them the time. Um, and then just stay calm and balanced and relaxed and, you know, you, you'll figure out where you stand with that. But if someone's not like overtly hurting someone um, mm-hmm. or trying to do harm for specifically for no reason at all, then I leave it alone, you know, because it's not I actually, you know, I don't I don't even want people to be like me if they're not interested in the things that I'm interested in or if they don't believe in the, the way that I go about life. You know, mm-hmm. the good example, a good example for me, of course, is Oak Island. People say all the time. They're like, hey, why are you still doing that? And I'm like, if you guys knew if you had any idea of the downloads that I get, the communication that I get that's not on paper, that's not on the television show, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's things that I'm getting all the time that are helping to develop the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, you just have to follow your guiding star. You have to follow your heart. You really do. Yeah, well, that's, uh, plus this is, this is where your interests lay and where, you're meant to be putting your your energy and your talents right and it's not really anybody's business like i remember when i started this spiritual journey many years ago and one of my mentors used to say it's none of your business what other people think of you and in the beginning i used to think well of course it's my business i I don't want people to think awful of me and and then now over the years i realized what that means and it's kind of like what you just said that you're gonna do you and you're not hurting anybody you're not doing anything and we have to afford other people to be able to do that but unfortunately and we are getting into the ET and UFO and cryptids i promise guys it's just the way the conversation went right now and i think it's important is with this cancel culture and I'm seeing it more and more and more. And, you know, and st- my dad taught me an important lesson when I was little and it was walk a mile in somebody's shoes. Meaning we have no idea what other people are going through. And when we, we see something and it usually seems to be something on the internet that blows up, right? That everybody sees and people jump on the bandwagon and then they get into this cancel culture or this name calling or go K-I-L-L yourself because we're on YouTube, we gotta be careful. Um, you know, and then they'll find out afterwards. Like I've seen people where they've actually taken their lives because of the bullying and, and everything that's happened. And then the people that were jumping on the bandwagon going after this person afterwards feel so badly when they found out what the real story is. Well, that wasn't a unique situation. Everybody's got a real story. Everybody's got a real life. Everybody's got something they're going through. And just because you may get a glimpse of it on 
the internet or TV or something, right? And I guess that's where I have a problem. I almost feel like a lot of people are moving away from this instead of, you know, spirit, service to others, it's service to self. I'm really seeing a lot of people, you know, sort of in general when you take a big picture. Not everybody, but I don't know what's your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I also believe we also have to take care of ourselves too because oh yeah um if you don't do that you actually can't really take care of other of other people too you, you have to fill be... up your cup because you can't pour from an empty cup right if you keep pouring and pouring right. and pouring i get that part yes yeah, self-care is important mm -hmm. oh totally but you know um i try to be as supportive as possible of people on their spiritual journeys and of course i you know i deal with um i spend a lot of time with all the spiritual traditions across the world actually Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, I'm always, people are always trying to pressure me. Oh, Dave, join this church, join this church. I'm like, guys, you know what? I'm pretty good being neutral right now. And also, mm -hmm. you know, let me remind you that I've been studying spirituality for at least 20 years. I've read the primary source texts instead of just saying, oh, I think Buddhism's, Buddhism's ridiculous or Hinduism's ridiculous. No, I've actually spent time in the text. And usually what ends up happening is a person saying that to me, they don't, they don't actually know anything about the tradition. They're just saying, you know, the preconceptions about, right. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, oh, the, why are you spending your time with that? That's a waste of time or whatever. And, you know, I have to remind people too that, that it's the human history. It's for me, it's a world story, which means that you have ideas passing between cultures. You've got people moving across the land, you know, developing nations and tribes and things like that. And these mm -hmm. things don't exist as islands. You know, they don't generally, mm -hmm. that doesn't happen that way. They get shared and they get passed. Sometimes they're changed a little bit. Um, but what I try to do is I try to go back to the beginning of the traditions, which uh, for me, the way I teach it, of course, is you have to know the stars and the planets. Um, all the ancient cultures knew the stars and the planets. Uh, and they had mythologies about them, of course, even if they weren't doing astrology. You also have to know that for your planting season because, mm -hmm. you know, there weren't supermarkets mm -hmm. back in, 1000 bc you, that's you right have make, you have to make sure that things are planted at the right time so even if you don't want to do the astrology you still have to understand the astronomy part of it. so mm -hmm. it's just it's just crazy literally i mean i i just have to i give people a chance in the beginning but you know you, you have to know what if you're if people want to get into conversation with me you have to know that there's there's really no limits you know in terms of i'm going to be okay talking about whatever topic and if for instance if christianity comes up well, I'm probably going to also bring up the Gnostics and the Cathars mm -hmm. and uh, esoteric Christianity, John the Baptist and all these peoples. I might bring up the serpent line. You know, if people don't want to hear this stuff. Then you know, it's, it's probably the wrong person. I go all in. I go all in when I go into topics. And yet, I, I love it. Oh, yeah. And yet I'm still firm in what I believe in. You know, it, it, you're probably not going to generally move me in what I believe in unless I see good evidence. And I think about it for a while. So I can. I can talk about anything, but I still have my beliefs. And I actually really recommend people try to get into that, um, that mode of, of reasoning because there's, you know, you, what you can learn when you're open-minded, even if you're maybe uncomfortable with the topic, just listen to, just listen to it, let it wash over you and then just, you know, just stay calm and then just see what comes up in your downloads and in your communication. You'd be very surprised. Well, I have to agree with you on that. First of all, I want to say hi to William Garrison we got here. We got Raymond G. Newsom, And I'm going to add Zachman's comment. And I'm going to add something to what you said. Um, Zachman said, um, those that per perpetuate cancel culture should not throw stones from glass houses. And I agree. And what I wanted to add that kind of goes hand in hand with that. And I'm going to help us kind of transition into thinking into our ufology and cryptic 
conversation, believe it or not, is that, um, where was I going with this as I'm babbling here? Um, the thing is, right, is everybody needs to believe in something. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, some people need a religion and they need to follow it. I am not bashing religion in any way, shape or form. I, my thought is you do you. If it works for you and you know what, you're happy and your life is going the way you want it to go. That's okay, but, but don't cram it down my throat because I don't cram my belief system down anybody's throats. It's like, right. you know what, I hear you out. You know, you the first time you and I talked, what was it like six hour conversation we had because there was oh, so yeah. much to talk about. But the point is, I always say, just because I haven't experienced it, doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I have learned from coming from an extremely haunted house that, I, that started with a dream 16 years ago was something like it was 10 minutes ago, I can remember it introducing itself as claiming to be demonic giving me the name i'd never heard before in a million years telling me it's animal form and me running from that in the beginning because they've been raised in this roman catholic religion not bashing roman catholicism or christianity all i'm saying is i came from a belief system that was so closed-minded i had somebody over the years contact me that worked with demonic entities and they had seen our episode on tv and I know you'll know who this is because I sent you the show that I did with this person eventually. But what happened was they contacted me after seeing the show. And the reason why I contacted them back, they gave me three names. And one of the names was the entity that had told me its name. And I'd never heard this name before. So for them, I knew they knew what they were talking about, that they would come up with the name. Had the most interesting conversation with them for three years. Had them on the show, or three years, sorry, three hours had them on my show, people in the audience were going, oh my God, this guy should be lecturing in universities. But then I started to realize that here I was afraid from this, but you know, getting the knowledge and starting to understand a little bit and realizing on this planet that we live in, a world of duality here, right? You're gonna, if you're gonna have one, you kind of gonna have the opposite, it seems, because I really believe that living on earth is about living in balance. Just my belief system, but I believe that. So it's the same thing when we get into things like cryptids and UFOs, ETs, things like this, right? Because again, that's kind of why I brought the cancel culture up and things like this, because depending on how public somebody goes with this belief system or their experiences, a lot of people face a lot of ridicule and what have you. Have you seen that yourself? Like with, oh, yeah. with your experience of meeting people, what you've experienced yourself? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, there's, there's, there's all types of people on the planet and spirits and animals and plants and all kinds of life forms, consciousness, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I just, uh, you know, I, I just try to, um, I try to embrace people's spiritual journeys. So, again, you know, I agree with you, Lorley. I don't know what, what people are trying to do. It's, I'm sure it's probably a different life path than I have. You know, I, mm -hmm. doubt, I doubt any of us have an identical life path. It's going to be slightly different for everyone. So I just, what I try to do is I try to help people get to the, the place that they're trying to get to in a, in a, and I agree with you too, Laurel, of course, in a positive manner, you know, mm -hmm. a supportive manner. Uh, if it's something I don't, um, if it's something I don't personally believe, but again, it's not harming anyone, then I support mm -hmm. them. I'm actually happy for them. I mean, I'm even happy for, actually, here's a good example. Um, I was talking to uh, some people from a particular uh, denomination of Christianity recently, this past week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought 
I thought carefully before I started to talk about some of the the um the counterpoints to you know some some of the things people say about this particular religion because uh, they don't necessarily trust it or they don't think it's legitimate or whatever it is they're saying. Um, but you know what you said about people have to believe in something. I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm I'm an empathetic person. You know I care about people. I don't want to come out and unsettle someone so much that it destroys their life, you know, in terms of if I say something to them and I don't think they can handle it, then I might actually be, I might not say it to that particular person. But what I like about, (laughs) right, just, you know, just trying to be respectful of where people Mm -hmm. are at because we're at different spaces. But what I like about my podcast, Laura Lee, is that I actually do say essentially whatever I need to say or whatever I want to say. If there's something that's going to be censored, then I won't say it, obviously. No, because I want it to get out to people on YouTube and things like that. But I really believe in that. And even if someone has a counter opinion to me, fine, fine. I'll actually I'll actually invite you on. I'll invite that person on my show because I want to hear. And I want people to hear both sides. So then now they have all the information and they can make a good decision about mm-hmm. what they think, not about what I think or about what the guest thinks. It's I want to, you know, I'm trying to help people on their path wherever they're at well plus you know it's a different platform like if i was on here by myself right just talking i can say kind of where i think i want to go with what i'm saying or you know this because i've told you this off air but uh, uh on air before i go on air just so all of you know i'll tell you this i don't think i've ever said it before i do a podcast i always connect with spirit and say okay spirit where are we going with this And that's why it's kind of an open conversation and it just kind of goes in any direction that it does, right? Because I'm hoping by connecting with spirit that where the conversation goes and hopefully it will reach the people that that need to hear it. But when we're in a platform where you are the sole speaker, you have that right to be able to say what you'd like. I really believe that because people have the right to turn it off if they don't resonate with it or like you said, you have somebody on that has a complete opposing view than you and you have an adult conversation where maybe you right. agree to disagree, right? Because that's how conversations should go, not like kind of what we're seeing, but we agree to disagree. But I want to hear what you have to say. You want to hear what I have to say. And then somebody listening can take what resonates with them, right? And I think that's the beauty in it. Yeah, def- definitely. You have to you have to allow space for people to choose for themselves. And also, um, you know, you need to, like, try not to pressure people because uh, that's also not respecting their free will. You don't want to crowd mm-hmm. them with your with your beliefs and be like, and that, this is the thing that drives me crazy. People are like, did you know that this? And I, and I say, well, you know what? Um, I don't necessarily believe your premise, first of all. Mm-hmm. So w- when I say something, I try to be like, well, I, this is what I believe. You know, I'll share the evidence with you and I'll tell you what, if you want to talk about it, send me a message. If you don't want to talk about it, no problem. But it was on my heart to share that with you in that moment. And I, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not expecting anything. I just, uh, you know, and it's all for positivity, you know, just like your show is. We're trying to help and, and bring understanding. I'm not I'm not going to say something that's going to be uh, on purpose hurtful to someone. That's that's absurd. And that, you I know, want... higher... Okay. Oh, good. No, no you go ahead. Well, I was going to say that, you know, I don't believe higher level spiritual beings um, try to, you know, um, like corral someone and then attack them just because they can or because they feel like it. No, you know, you don't. That's You need to have the restraint. You want to respect um, the universe. And I think it comes back in karma, too. So if you if you're living a life and you're saying, oh, yeah, I'm not seeing it coming out now. Well, you know what? Whether you believe in heaven or hell or God or, or Satan or whatever or not. 
Well, you know, you're going to see yourself where you end up uh, based on your decisions, whether it's good or bad. It's not it's between you and, and the creator, I believe, you know, not between other people. Oh, God, we could do a whole show on that. I want to address these, this comment here, though, mm -hmm. the two of them from William, because I think it's important. And that's where I was going with making the announcement. And then I uh, forgot to mention about Roku TV. I am interviewing Frank Jacob. You know who Frank is, because Karen interviewed him. Um, he's a filmmaker. He's actually Canadian. I did not know that till talking to him. Um, we're going to be filming this week. He's going to be talking about the truth because William says, or what he believes is the truth or what he's seeing out there. It's going to be an interesting conversation to navigate. I'm glad we're pre-recording because uh, going up on YouTube, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff. I can't wait. Some of the stuff that he's covered on the Inspired channel on YouTube and various other podcasts. So should be an interesting conversation. But William Garrison says, unfortunately, almost everything we've been taught is a lie. Um, intentional misconception. Then he says, people can think whatever they want, but the truth is the truth, like it or not. That is true. But, you know, there's a saying, I'm probably going to screw it up, right? But other people's truth is a lie. I've heard that before. Yeah. And, and you know, heck, Dave and I could, we'd have to be pretty careful on here on YouTube, but we could go down such a rabbit hole <laughs> with right. truth with to back it up the yin-yang, and there will be people that will say, William, absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, we don't know what we're talking about. I hate the word conspiracy theorist. That's why I said at the beginning of every show, a little bit of truth-seeking thrown in there, because I don't purposely go out there like the same thing I, I love the topic of, if you want to call it conspiracy, heck, I'll give Joe Montaldo a shout out. He owns the network. Love Joe. Been on this network now almost three and a half years and I love it. But he calls me conspiracy princess when we used to do panel shows with many of the different hosts because he says he knows a woman that's that loves conspiracy more than I do and calls her conspiracy. Uh, she's the conspiracy queen. Well, I don't think I don't get me wrong. I'm not the type of person to be running off on a tangent talking about purple aliens. And like I said, Dave will know that because we know each other well off air. But I want to know where the truth lies. Yeah, I do. And to me, you know, looking at research and looking at true research and understanding it and going, but it doesn't matter what topic it is. I mean, I've had a friend on here, Dan Willis. I haven't had him in a while. I was thinking I got to have him back on. He's gone back to 1900 with massive amounts of research. It would literally take me 18 to 20 hours a day, probably for a couple of years to go back through, to get through all the interesting information he has on there, that he has gone back and connected the dots and corrected history where it has been changed. So there you go. So I agree with you. So you said it's not their problems. Uh, William says they probably figure it's yours. That does happen. That's the problem. And I'm just going to throw something out there. Dave, you feel free to add it. We'll, again, be careful because we're on YouTube here. But I think the higher-ups that control what goes on around here want us to be doing exactly what we're doing right now. And we're seeing it everywhere. Division, fighting, arguments, people arguing about this is true, that's true, this is true, that's true, you're wrong, you're wrong, and, or, or politics or whatever it may be. I'm not saying it's wrong to talk about these things, but what it's doing I think is turning people's heads in directions and in other ways that nobody's noticing what the little man behind the curtain is doing. What do you think, proverbially, Dave? Oh, yeah, I agree 100%.
I mean, there's very nefarious things going on. It's actually been that way for thousands of years. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. So now the fact that we have internet and TV and lots of media and access to information, it's very easy at our fingertips, even sitting at home. Uh, I think it makes it so it's easier to see that. But no, it's actually been going on since, I mean, at least probably oh, seven, six, yes. 6,000, 7,000 BC minimum, I would say mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And then before that, we don't have the you know written recorded history. It's available in the ether, though. If you can connect mm -hmm. with the ether, you can see prehistory. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but no, you know, and, the, and back to this, the point about truth, it's a really important one. And I, I talk about truth, of course, all the time. I mean, I try to be truthful in everything that I share with I people. I do, too. All, absolutely. That's one of the reasons we're really good friends is because mm -hmm. it's like, you know what, just you have to say what it is and, and try to be sensitive for, of people. But people also have to know if there's an issue that has to be brought up. You know, if you need to make a resolution and make the resolution. But what I wanted to say was that I believe that there's uh, universal truths, which are mm -hmm. things like love and kindness and goodness and patience and generosity. These these wonderful characteristics for me, that's actually those that's what's above religion It's that, you know, yes. you can tell me you want to believe in, in uh, a circus clown as your God. Fine, man. But hey, I want to see works for I you. Not my job to judge. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to see if you're going to say that, that, you know, that he's a, a good God and all this stuff. I want to see that in action, in your actions, and also what comes out of the mouth and how you're treating people, your service to your community. And then I'll, I'll leave you alone. I, that's fine. Believe in, believe in whatever you want. But it, what it is, is when you, you have to bring that into action so people can actually see that there's something behind what you're saying. So the principle oh, sorry, Lola, I was going to say the principles of universal truth for me are set in stone. Um, mm -hmm. That's what when you're when you're a kid and when you're born, the, all you want is to love and to be loved. You know, you want to be taken care of. You want to be comfortable. Who, who is going to deny that that's what the spirit wants? Why would you want something different uh, if you come from an innocent place of, of creation and beauty and all that? That's how it's that's really my belief, how creation works in the beginning. And then the other things that happen now, there's levels of what people will claim is truth, which could be cultural truth or religious truths or personal truths or dimensional truths. <laughs> I mean, it's so varied. So what I have to do, and I, I always do this, I say, okay, well, define what that means now. So you're telling me that that is, okay, God is good. Okay, well, tell me what he does for you. Tell me, or, or he, you know, I don't even say he. For me, it's God is, it's it encompasses all genders and um, everything. All the dualities come together to form uh, one cohesive unit. In a lot of ways, God is, is balanced, loving energy. You know, the mm -hmm. energy that's that's really um, been conditioned so that it's in a stable state and it's happy and it's comfortable. Uh, and you could say light and love and all these things is wonderful. But I always ask that. And when, when you see a lot of the stories from the Bible and everything, people are saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Yahweh from the Old Testament, uh, you know, asked us to give sacrifices, blood sacrifices, animal sacrifices. I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't like that. I don't like that idea. I don't like how that feels. I'm not going to teach that to kids. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to put that in front of kids. That who, who wants to slaughter an animal like that? You know, my, my, okay, I'll just define this. The, the God I believe in doesn't require sacrifices. Mm -mm. You know, that's, that's absurd to me. Absolutely <laughs> absurd when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Well, it is. And, that you know i always say as you've heard me say many times on the show off the show it's not my job to judge and actions speak louder than words mm -hmm. because talk is cheap people can tell you all kinds of things who they are what they are what they believe in whatever to me 
people demonstrate who they are by their actions, right? And the other part is, it's always so easy to see what the truth is from the outside looking in, right? Like, we've all been there. I've been there myself where you can't really see what the solution is, but somebody from the outside looking in can see it because they're not maybe emotionally attached to the outcome or whatever, say, using myself for an example. But where I have the problem, and then like I said, I can see where William's going with this, um, with dinosaurs and things like this, because he's trying to get us off onto cryptic discussions. I know oh, yeah. he is. And I, I'm, I'm I ready, advertised ready. us going there, so we got to go there. I'm ready. That. I'm ready. Yep. So um, I, I'll just leave it at that. Like we could do a whole show on this, but you know what? I always say it doesn't matter if I'm teaching, doing a show, video, whatever. I always say whatever your belief system is. If you don't have a belief system, that's fine. But to me, yes, you're right. When you're talking about children with innocence and love, yes, that that's where that's where we all start out, right? And with love and whatever happens, I think that it turns us into whom we can be if we choose to go that way and not choose to dig deeper. We all are here for a different reason, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, too, I wanted to share because spirit keeps nagging at me. You know, I'm not hearing voices, but to say this is that human beings are a young race we are they tell me that all the time that when we get into aliens and ets and things like this they look at our race and go what are those people doing killing (laughs) killing killing each other and violence and and you know the anger and and wars and you name it Right. Because you and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know William brought up about um, he's talking about dinosaurs. And then he's talking, I think, about the sacrifices. He said those are gifts uh, like food or whatever. I think he's talking about the offering. I'll highlight that. But my whole point is, as far as I know, we don't see these type of things when you start delving into ET races. That's even the whole thing there. Why try and hide that from humanity? Like pretty well every human being, if you've ever watched a TV, you've ever seen anything, you can't tell me you've got access to the internet. You have not seen something that might actually get you thinking, hmm, I think ETs might exist or UFOs. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Well, in terms in terms of why hide it, I mean, that drives me crazy. I agree just with like you. you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, what I would say to that, and of course, being astrologer, you know, I do believe in timelines. I see them moving. I see, of course, I follow daily transits and I see... The, Actually, I, I want to bring that up to uh, really quickly before we get into cryptids, because I want to let people know what to expect for the last two weeks of this year, because it's going to be really powerful and really, uh, you know, oh. you know we're, we're going to have to buckle yes. up. It's really 12, 12. Up. it's 12, 12 today. And I didn't realize until I was doing the banner for the show today. It's a powerful Perfect, day yeah. energetically today. Yeah, let's talk about that. We don't want to scare people, though. It's no, no, scary no. stuff not. to tell people. Oh, but no, no, the- it's not scary. No, but well, I do. I think that things are, and I'm not an astrologer, but uh, energetically, like, I think things are going to be volatile because I think we're making a big transition right now into 2023 into where we're going to be headed and settling. And, and we're going to come out in the end great, I think, but it's going to yeah. be some stormy seas, right? Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I just want to go back for a second to this topic about why why the obscurity with this ET contact and all this stuff. Why do you have to hide this? Um, part of it is that I believe that we're in a very long timeline. Very, very, very long. I wouldn't say, I would not actually say it's linear. I'd say it's more like circular. 
or, mm-hmm. or oval shape type thing. Um, but when I teach astrology, I teach it the great year, which is 25,920 years long. Uh, it features one of the 12 ages, each are equivalent to one of the signs of the zodiac. Mm-hmm. And right now we're transitioning mm-hmm. between Pisces and Aquarius. Yeah, I knew so, that. Yeah. Right. So that's actually the smaller cycle. The bigger cycle, believe it or not, the bigger cycle is actually what's called the Yuga cycle. This is the teaching out of ancient India. It's 4.32 million years long. Um, and they, they kind of nest inside of each other. Think of like clockwork. You know, you've mm-hmm. got the inner yeah. wheel, the outer wheel, then there's another outer wheel. The so wheel of the- time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. It is the wheel of time. It's the wheel in the sky, the wheel of time, all this stuff. So, um, you know, that's what I look for when I look, try to see where we are, where I think we are in history and how we're moving forward. And that's also part of what it is for me. And you know, what I've had to learn is to be patient. It's not my timeline. It's the, it's the world timeline. And I am uh, in support of the world timeline in terms of how it's, if it's, if it's creating positive and good things for people, then I'm fully in support of it. And I will put the brakes on for my own life if it means that it's going to help the world. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a very selfless person in that way. I really care about people. I care about proper information. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing I want to say about that is that um, I think, um, well, it really gets into dimensions too. I mean, I, there, I believe fully in alternate timelines, uh, coexisting oh, timelines, parallel timelines, uh, fracturing dimensions. Every Technically, you know, according to quantum theory, every time there's a thought or an action that happens, the timeline splits. It gets copied and it splits and it exists in a separate space. Yeah. And that's been happening since the beginning of time. So um, that's the other thing we have to remember, too, is that maybe there is um, there's disclosure of, of the ET races in a higher timeline. Maybe we're in a mid-level timeline right now, you know, depending on where you're at. Some people can move between dimensions and timelines. And yeah. They see different, we talk about this a lot, Laura Lee, and you see you see yeah. something and, and you're like, wait a minute. And then you come back to your timeline that you're in presently and you say, wait a minute, that information doesn't exist in this timeline. And then when this is what gets this is what gets maddening. You're trying to share this with someone. Be like, uh-huh. oh, did, did you see that happen over there? They're like, no, I didn't see that. And mm-hmm. you start to think, am I crazy or something? And then you realize, no, it's actually you you can move between um, they're like nested inside of each other, the dimensions. And this is going to become very important when we start talking about the cryptids. Because I, I actually believe you, you can't really make a lot of progress with that topic unless you're talking okay. about deme- about dimensions. Um, okay. Go ahead. Okay, and I want to. Add, okay, and I want to add one more thing too about um, the dimension idea is that, uh, or not the dimension idea rather, but the extraterrestrial idea in terms of, um, how is it happening? that we seems like it seems like there's so much evidence you know people recording things every day on their phones like you talk about all the time uh you know i've seen so many et craft in the day and at nighttime and um you know i i fully believe because i've had that experience mm-hmm. so the question is when et races if you're talking about an et race one of the ones i think about are the arcturians which are supposed to be really wonderful beautiful yeah. high level yeah. very tall and slender uh mm-hmm. you know crisp, crystalline bodies or silicon yeah. bodies um, I mean, I would just love to, to be able to have time with one. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about it is that I don't and I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think some of them do have much deeper understandings. I think it depends on how long they've been a spirit and been developing things, what they've seen throughout the universe. But what I want to say about that is that the, the Earth story is very, very interesting because I think what happened, I've always felt this in my heart. I think what happened is that when it was created, it was created as a wonderful, beautiful, perfect system 
where um, differences were allowed, but you had peace and prosperity. There was plenty of everything. There's no reason for fighting, anything like that. That story, uh, my friend, uh, my friend calls the uh, the Mother Gaia story, and uh, her consort called Thelite. And so that story, I believe, that was the original creation of Earth, and it was created as a perfect system, how I think most of us would prefer it to be. Then I think what happened, as we move through timelines and as we move through the cycles, you have other contingents coming in. You know, I don't know how they get into the Earth system, but I believe they do somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is partly dimensional too, but they come in and they try to alter the system. And you have altering systems through um, changing planets and planetary cycles and movements. You also have that through coming in and changing DNA, of course, which comes into the hybrid topic in the ancient world. And these things, I think, are only allowed to happen at the proper spot in the cycle. So we've been, you know, as spirits, I believe we've been here for such a long time. And we're just at, you know, it's a little bit rocky. It's actually a lot bit rocky right now, in my opinion. And we're going through some changes and we have to be patient and just keep keep the eyesight on the positive things and keep the positivity, keep the vibration okay. high. Right, literally. Okay, so we're going down the conspiracy theory here then. Okay, you got great points here, William. I'm noting them because when you were mentioning about timelines, now I mm-hmm. truly believe that this can I say it with 100% certainty? No. And then remind me that I need to go back to human beings. Hang on. I'm writing, taking notes because we're talking. I have to when I talk to Dave because oh, we're all over the place, guys. Sorry, human beings. And I want to say beginnings. Okay. All right. So I'm not an expert when it comes to um, deep fakes and things like that. Now, you know, I like that channel, Nukes Top 5. Cause he never tells you what to think this guy lives he's from north america lives somewhere over i think it's norway people send in videos of the strange the unusual and the paranormal and he he prepares them he shares them to you with you but he doesn't tell you what to think and i saved this video i've watched it so many times because it freaks me the heck out now I've, he does feature sometimes things called glitches in the matrix he calls it there's one of a lady that every time she kept turning around in front of like her church was in the background. It was at nighttime. Every time she went by the church, her face would change. She'd almost get like an overlay. That one, I'm not so sure. That could have been fake. The one that freaks me out is this guy has a copy of the Berenstein Bears. And we know, um, speaking of glitches in the Matrix, right? Um, the Mandela effect. Or, you know, some people know it as the Berenstein Bears and the Berenstein Bears. This guy has the book and he's got it on camera. There's no break in the camera uh, footage, anything. As he moves through the doorway, the A in Berenstein changes to the E or back and forth, whatever it was first, it changes to what it is now and vice versa as he moves back and forth. Crazy. Don't know how that happens, but I love watching videos like that glitches in the matrix. But what I wanted to say about this, we're going down the rabbit hole here. So what about the theory? I don't have a lot of theories about how Earth actually ever, ever began. But how human beings began, Paul Anthony Wallace is a friend of mine, had him on many times. I love talking to that guy because he just, oh, brilliant. And the books that he's written, a trilogy basically about of Eden. There's, um, i trying to remember the titles. I can see them, think I can think of them. But check them out. He do, He's on YouTube. He does fifth dimension tv i think on youtube and stuff anyways i kind of 
likened to some of the stuff he's talked about. Like when you start digging into it, like what, like, I don't know, do human beings exist because we are created by an alien race? Like, you know, where you get into that theory. I don't know. Like, how did we get here? Why are we here? Why are we the way we are? Because I did like the comment that um, Raymond Newsom said, we're still in an infantile stage. Eventually we'll find our way. Because part of my message, very quickly, I will add, I don't think we realize how powerful we are as human beings. All of the gifts that we have, it's like the light switch was just flicked off. And I think that because we see this, people have been in a coma, people that maybe had a near-death experience, people that whatever it is, hit their heads. And all of a sudden, they it's like they've unlocked these abilities that they never knew they had. Like, so they have to be there somewhere. Never mind that I think we can do all these things like telemetry or sorry, telemetry. I got medical on the brain here. Telepathy. I think that we can um, communicate with animals. I think we can do telekinesis. All of these things. It's just we've been told we can't. So are we as part of us, maybe part alien, like part of an alien race? Like, is that where we really came from? No, that's really going to appeal a lot of people that believe in religion and what have you but i don't know i don't know if i've ever had this conversation with you dave what do you think well you know I, when i'm out traveling and doing research and just interacting in the world especially when i go to different geographical locations uh you know i pay attention to, to people's features I'm just mm -hmm. you know i'm really interested i'm like wow i've never seen someone that looks like that before i wonder mm -hmm. and of course me you know being a spiritual person i'm saying i wonder where they came from because it's probably not the same place I came from. And I'm not saying it's bad, just we're different. Mm -hmm. But no, sometimes specifically facial features, I'm like, wow, that is so different from the way I look and my friends look. And I just, you know, what science, a lot of mainstream science tells you is that there's, there's a, there was a, a single event that humans came out of, you know, Eastern Africa or whatever. And, you know, I, I just don't buy that at all. I actually believe, and according to what um, tribes talk about in the ancient teachings, they actually say a lot, and I've asked them directly, a lot of them say, I say, where did you guys originally come from? They said here, they said, we've always been here. This has always been our land. And then I'm trying to think what that even means <laughs> because that, you know, they had to, well, no, I'm talking about the Anunnaki and the oh, yeah, yeah. story. And then when you look at the Dead Sea and that area, and they've talked about the radiation still coming off the black scar in the earth, like we're like I'm starting to really see looking back through time and depending if you can get some sort of truth or get back far enough. I almost believe like we're the fifth ideation of humanity, if you will. It's like we sort get to a certain point and because we never really learn what the real history is. Right. And if you don't know what history is and the real truth, you you're doomed basically to keep creating the same mistakes over and over and over again, because the further you go back and you've traveled more than I have, Dave, but when you start looking at things that have been dug up in history and what have you, it looks like there was some semblance of an intelligent form of humanity, at least before this ideation. I don't know, like, where did we come from? Yeah, I agree. I mean, a, a lot of the natives that I talked to, um, well, again, they say we've always been here. And I'm like, what do you mean? You didn't come from a different, they said no. So this, to explain, there's a couple ways to explain that. One of them, very important story, especially in the Americas, is that they talk about all the time, especially the natives in the Southwest. But I also found the natives uh, in the Southeast, which I didn't realize this until I did mm -hmm. research this year in Southeast United States, mm -hmm. in uh, Mississippi and Alabama. 
that basically a lot of the native tribes actually say that they came from underground. And the reason Ooh. the reason they were underground was because of a cataclysm or an apocalyptic event on the planet. Interesting. Um, the people in the southwest say that they were actually guided underground by the ant people. Okay. For I've me, heard of the ant people. <laughs> for me, that's an insectoid style alien yep. species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no question about that, because they do look like that. If you blew up an ant, you would say, oh, wow, that looks like something from an, uh, an alien movie, you know, mm-hmm. and you put it on two legs. So the thing about it is that uh, in that case, it sounds like they actually helped them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have both ways. It can be assisting or trying to uh, thwart, you know, different people and cultures and things. I think ET races have all kinds of different agendas and uh, belief systems. But in terms of coming up from below, the thing about that to me, too, is not just an apocalyptic event necessarily. It's, you're also talking about some of the lower worlds or the lower dimensions that exist, what I believe, beneath the Earth. I don't necessarily believe hollow Earth. I believe more of that there's um, different planes. There's different versions of Earth that actually exist physically below the Earth. They're in t- their whole system's kind of like copies, except there's slightly different uh, physics and laws and stuff like that. So some of these races, I think, came from potentially lower dimensions. Some were taken down there for safety, and then they were brought back when the Earth had been restored. Okay. They call it the, the natives call it the different suns, you know, the third sun. We're in the fourth sun right now. When we say the fourth sun, I, it's actually a different sun, is what I believe fully, in the sky. It's completely different, not changed. If that It gets removed when the Earth is replenished, and then the new one actually is brought in. They talk about that in Mesopotamia all the time, that actually the sun is, that when the new sun comes, it's actually guided into the solar system. And the other one is actually removed, a completely different system. Okay, who um, removes it? I, I'm listening with great interest. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not being facetious here. I'm, well, I'm... well, I would say it's it's the guardian gods, you know, of the okay. solar system. It's whoever okay. is supervising. You can call it a council if you'd like to, whatever mm-hmm. you feel comfortable with. But you know we're okay. we're taking we're taken care of. We're not down here by ourselves. There's uh, very high level um, beings who have very high consciousness who really care about us, who are watching, trying to make things stay orderly and, and help uh, our all of our spiritual progression. Um, and the only other part about that that I, well, the other thing I want okay, this is the other part I want to say is that I believe according to what I've seen and I've spent a lot of time watching Ancient Aliens. I know Joe's been on the show. I've seen him. Yeah, you know, did a great job on the show. Uh, William Henry, of course, I, I met him in Nashville in April at his conference. He's on the show. Um, one of the things they talk about a lot is the fact that the different cultures were actually seeded, S-E-E-D-E-D, independently of each other. So you have um, a god, you know, it's their it's their creator god. That's why there's all so many different creators. We're not talking about the god of all creation. We're talking about lesser gods. That's still a very high consciousness. You can call them demigods, maybe, or are potentially archons there's lots of different words for mm-hmm. it but they actually will guide whole um communities of humans or it doesn't even have to be humans it can be any being that you want i mean i'm sure the wolves were probably guided here too for instance mm-hmm. uh they actually take them by the hand bring them to earth assign their land to them that's going to be the place where they're going to be most successful and happiest depending on what they believe and how they were created and then they stay there for a while with them and they teach them the rudiments of civilization. I know Paul talks. Um, Paul talks about this a lot. Yeah. You know yeah. that they come down and teach them. Um, you know astrology, astronomy, mm-hmm. agriculture. Uh, you know 
unfortunately, war, how to go to war and create weapons, all these things. And that's actually the, the big uh, controversy with the Anunnaki is because maybe yeah. possibly some of them came down here. They maybe didn't have permission and the or the watchers and or the watchers. And then they were teaching people things that maybe they weren't supposed to be teaching them. Yeah. Now, who's the, who's the judge on that, though? Why? why no, but I've heard that. Them? And I've wrestled with that because I've heard of people. There's a really I think I've sent it to you before. It's a really interesting interview between a gentleman over in France and somebody here in Canada. And they didn't know each other. And the one is uh, in the paranormal, psychic, medium, the whole bit. The other one was a very successful businessman over in France, came from a well-off family, like multi-billionaire with the stuff he was running at the time. And they both had experiences on the same Anunnaki ship. And they talked about it. They were interviewed by Johnny Enoch, actually. And it's a fascinating interview. They met... I, I don't know how they met, might even have met on the ship, if I'm not mistaken, but they really viewed the Anunnaki as very positive. And it depends who you connect with and who you talk to and what people's theories are good and then not so good. So, but could they mm -hmm. be just like human beings, right? We have good. And then some that aren't, that can be less than desirable with some of the behaviors that they attribute towards their fellow beings, right? Oh, yeah. And, and actually, a lot of people and, and beings and entities are very, very interdimensional, which means that there's actually, this is what I would say, and I have, I've had a, a lot of personal experience being able to see different things like this, is that there's different versions of each creation. You know, and, and when I teach, and I'm not going to go into a lot of the, it's in a lot of my videos, people want to check out my YouTube channel when I teach, talk about dimensions. But I actually believe in um, like a holographic style universe and when you're created that initial spark that's created at the very top level, you know, where everything is perfectly level, even you have your full divine blueprint, you appear in your correct physical form with your correct mental structure and all this stuff. And then what happens is just like when you shine a light, that light gets shine, it gets uh, shined through that body and it actually creates uh, like fractal versions in different densities. I've heard and that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So technically, what I believe is that we exist. I teach a 21 dimension Earth system. So I believe we actually all of us exist in each one of those gradients. Mm -hmm. And the one that you're experiencing is the one where your spirit is actually inside of that specific body. And some people can move between them. And, and what mm -hmm. happens is, is that you might have like a creator God or someone who is um, generally thought to be like very benevolent. But if they're in their... Um, degraded form for lack of a better word then they will potentially flip into the other side of them and that's mm -hmm. it's a weird thing is that you got all these stories coming back from ancient history and people are saying talking about the god being good and helping people and then you know you turn around there's another story that's equally as believable that's saying no the god the god came in and kind of destroyed things mm -hmm. and messed things around everything well i yeah. think that's because it's a different version of that god at a different gradient um, depending on where, it, you know, it's hard to explain this stuff, but depending on where their spirit is. Deep. Oh, yeah. Sitting at the time. We, I mean, okay, let me put it this way to make it easy. We all have the capacity for good and good and not so Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the so capacity just, for it all. Right. So just think about that as when you're created, you have that full spectrum to choose from. And mm -hmm. um, depending on what state you're in, it goes further than that too. It goes into your physical, your physical structure that will change to pay, uh, based on the density. So in any case, long story short, 
um, there's a big world, I believe there's a big world of dimensions. And we, sh if we're trying to understand ancient history and mythology and all that stuff, you really want to try to understand that there's different versions of things. There's different timelines. There's alternate or parallel timelines and all, all this stuff. And this will be really good actually um, going into the cryptids in a second. I actually, uh, I just want to talk about astrology for a second if I can, Laura Lee. And okay, because then, um, then I want to add William's comment or audit very quickly. Okay. He says, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, God, William, you're giving me so much to talk about here. He says, they say we are a blend of over 20 species, including reptilian in our DNA. We are going to have to do another show on this because, William, you've given us mm -hmm. so much food for thought. You see this next comment he's written here is huge. But go ahead. Let, let's we can touch on that in a minute, William. I don't want you to think I don't see you here. Um, yeah. But let's see what you have to say about astrology, because it is important, I believe. Oh, definitely. I just want to give probably about five minutes to this, and then I'm, I'm happy mm -hmm. to talk what William wants to talk about, and then I think cryptids for the rest of the show, if you're uh, good with that, Laura Lee. But, wherever. Um, we're going to go wherever it goes. Okay. But basically what I want to say, I just want to give people, uh, we've only got, what, two weeks left in the year, pretty much, uh, just about two weeks. And uh, what we're coming up on, people are aware of the solstice, I'm sure, the winter mm -hmm. solstice, which is around the 21st of December every year. Mm -hmm. In the northern hemisphere, it's the winter. The southern hemisphere, it's the summer, the beginning mm -hmm. of summer. And so the thing about it is that it's the uh, point of the year when there's, uh, I'm talking about the northern hemisphere because that's where we live. And that's, you know, that's how I talk about it. Just mm -hmm. you're in the southern hemisphere, you just flip it, just the opposite. But basically in the northern hemisphere, the sun is um, least powerful. It's producing mm -hmm. the least uh, cosmic energy. I would say the least gamma radiation, however you want to call it. Um, and the, one of the ways I know that is because when you go outside, even if it's a bright, sunny day, you really can't feel the warmth on your skin. When you're close to the solstice, it's like you're out there at 2 or 3 p.m. and you're like, please, I just want to feel some warmth. And the I sun don't is know that something's going on weird here because I was out in a T-shirt yesterday where I oh, yeah. live. I'm six and a half hours north of Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's been a little bit cold and then it's been warm. You can feel the heat. You can feel all this stuff. So very different okay. from usual. That's the usual what you're talking about. Yes. But go well, ahead. And, well, the thing about that too, Laura Lee, is that when I was talking about the, the different versions of the sun, um, we're in, I believe it's transitioning. This is not the ah, same sun. Okay. It's not the same sun that, that even me, that I knew when I was born. Um, it's, it is changing structure. It's changing its state. Maybe it's changing from a plasma state to something else. I have no idea. I can't see it. Some but... people are saying two suns. I've seen pictures of it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, okay, well, that's, that's interesting, too, because according to, uh, and I know you're going to have Frank is just excellent. I love, I love Frank. He does mm -hmm. such good uh, research. He's, I think he's right on point, right on the mark. He comes up with things that I'm not seeing, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, he's talking about the pole shift in April 2023. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The actual pole shift that everyone's been waiting for, you know. Um, but there's also the idea of the sun, the, the, the uh, binary star. Um, it's, e it's either a, well, it could be Nibiru. I'm not ruling that out. Um, mm -hmm. The companion to our sun could be Nibiru. It's traditionally called, potentially called Pluto, uh, mm -hmm. although it's been discounted by a lot of scientists. And then it might also be a dead star, according to Matthew LaCroix. So there's okay. something, basically, the idea is there's something way out in the solar system that's influencing to such a high degree the orbits of the outer planets that you can't account for them moving the way they do unless there's a massive body just outside the orbit of Pluto. Okay. So the question is, what is that? And I'm saying it is, 
it's a companion to our sun. You know, I don't know exactly what it is, but anyway, there's also Sirius, which is the blue sun, which is the spiritual version of our sun, which is uh, extremely important in all mythology. It's often related to Isis, the goddess Isis from ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the wonderful blue spiritual sun. It's so beautiful in the sky. If you guys have never seen it, I would encourage highly to go check it out. You feel very special when you're looking at it. It's like a, it, it twinkles, you know, and, and the colors mm -hmm. that come off of it are supernatural colors. You don't see that stuff on Earth. It's so, so magnificent. So anyway, for astrology, um, winter solstice, shortest day of the year in the northern hemisphere. The sun is at its weakest power. Um, it's the most night out of any day in the year, you know. So right. after that, you're going to start to increase light slowly. And yeah. the thing that happens, and you can feel it now if you're paying attention. I actually could feel it from about four days ago, Lorley. Mm -hmm. Starting about four days ago, I started to feel a difference in the quality. I, I'd call it like the quality of the ether when I step outside. It feels different. The uh, Maybe the air pressure feels different. The magnetism feels different. It's getting mm -hmm. ready. Basically, what's happening is slowing down. You're not losing a lot of light anymore. It's actually slowing down the amount of light you're losing. And it's getting ready to flip. And when it flips, it's going to be actually the time of the year for growth. So if you, if, if you guys have been waiting to start a project any time after the winter solstice, all the way up until um, the summer solstice, that's that's your quadrant of the year. That's the half you want to be in. So um, it's really exciting, and you can feel it slowing down. You'll feel it to flip to the growth cycle. It'll be helping you uh, rather than trying to. It's not not the sleep period anymore. You're getting ready to getting ready for spring. You know that's going to be coming soon. Right. Now, the other thing the other thing that's that's happening though, and I should say this is that. When you talk about any day of the year, you're talking about a solstice or an equinox, there's what's called an, an orb, O-R-B. This is not the paranormal orb. It's, you know, it's a similar idea in that it's a sphere. Right. But when I say that is that you can actually feel the influence from that day many days before that day actually occurs. So in this case, um, you know, about 13 or 14 days out, I started to feel the influence of the solstice. And now it's imminent. You know, now it's only within like about eight or nine days. So the closer you get to that, the stronger the influence will be. And then when you flip on the other side of that, after the 21st of December, it's actually pulling away. The influence is pulling away. So it changes in its style, but mm -hmm. it's still strong up to about seven, minimum seven days after the actual event. So around the 28th of December. And the thing about the 28th of December this year mm -hmm. is that it's the final step of the pluto return for the united states now pluto return this is a really big event and it's something that you really need to be aware of and, and just be ready and be careful uh pluto is called the um the destroyer and the transformer so pluto had three three sites of the return for this year this is for for america i'm speaking of specifically the united states uh february 22nd and july 11th and december 28th those are the three this only happens once every 248 years. So no one who's been alive has seen this. No one on the planet has seen this before mm -hmm. in, in this version of their body. So um, two days after February 22nd was the beginning of the war with Russia and Ukraine. And I, mm -hmm. I said it, I said it two weeks, three weeks before. I'm like, guys, there's going to be a war. I guarantee it. And two days after that, it happened. It got kicked off. Um, July 11th, I don't know because I was on the road and I actually haven't had time to go check that back, but I'm sure there were big events in the headlines. And then here we are on the 28th, which is uh, a couple weeks away. Mm -hmm. um, that day, that's kind of like the completion of Pluto return. It's the completion of a, of a destruction transformation event. But mm -hmm. the fact, which is enough in itself, 
but the fact that it's only seven days from the solstice, they actually compound each other. So it's a it's a growth cycle from the solstice with a destruction and transformation event, and it's going to be exceptionally exceptionally powerful. So be aware of that, guys, and be aware of uh, it's. You know, I I believe in in positive transitions. You have to just find it. And, and okay, so why is this means. only applicable to the U.S. and nowhere else? Because remember, well, this went out to the world. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the United States, every every person, every country, everything has a, a Pluto. What's called a Pluto return, which means that whenever the the um, moment of birth or creation, whenever that that moment is for you. So if it's a human, it's your birthday. If it's a country, it's the date that the country was instituted or formed. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what this means is that when the United States was formed around what seventeen seventy six, I believe. I hope I, I got that mm-hmm. date correct. Um, it's been 248 years since that day, right? So since that creation. So, which means that the last time Pluto was in the same position in the sky for the United States of America was at the beginning of the United States of America. So it's the first time in 248 years since that creation event that is coming back around. So what you're saying then, this is just for the U S then, because what you said with that message to me, again, trying to come from a positive perspective is that I literally kept hearing tearing down the old ways and moving oh, into yeah. the new. But yep. you got to look at that just even where we are date-wise as well, that we are getting rid of the old year, we're transitioning into the new. Like I think that globally around the world, we have a lot that's going to be happening because I think truth, which we were starting out with this a little while ago, is mm-hmm. starting to rise to the surface. Um, the poles are shifting. Um, I could go on and on and on here. So I think this is, you know, I have a friend, and you know this, but I work with two people um, off air quite closely that are uh, very, very clairvoyant. And one of them does predictions for the following year in August. And I saw next year's. And the reason why I put faith in them, I've seen her her predictions over the last few years and they're not like oh this and this and this specifically is going to happen they give mm-hmm. you a message more it's it's kind of hard to explain but it's more in a general sense about what's going to be happening you still there dave oh yeah i'm here oh, okay. oh good okay you just okay um and a lot of it's been true like for example one of her messages from last year in august that came up a few months ago i think it was towards the fall and there was a lot going on. There was a lot of fear perpetuated at this time and what have you. And she reminded, uh, you know, people in her group and whatever of the, of the prediction she had made for that month. And it was talking about going inwards and working on self and healing and becoming kind of the best version of yourself rather than focusing outwards and, and moving towards a way of fear. Now, she didn't know what was going to be happening at that time. But what I'm saying is those are the type of predictions she makes like from spirit so that it's for people to take and to be able to help them cope when something is going on. Because we've had a lot going on, obviously, for the almost last three years, right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. And uh, it's a it's a big transition time. You know, uh, obviously, the United States is a big player in the world. And so anything that affects the United States, it kind of affects the whole world for the most part. I mean, very influential. I know in Canada, it definitely does for sure. And pretty well everywhere else. So actually, William asked a good question. 
And I have okay. to agree with him. Well, he made a, I didn't get to his big comment there. Don't worry, I'll have Dave back on again. We get into these, we'll be all over the place with our discussion because Dave and I could talk about a hundred different topics at once in an hour. Um, so he said, how long has it been since you saw a truly blue sky? I can honestly tell you, and I live in, I live almost in the middle of Canada. Or as Dave said, the first time he met me, he researched Thunder Bay in Northwest Ontario, Canada. He goes, oh my God, you live in the murder capital of Canada. I do, per capita. <laughs> but um, it, we don't live way up north either. And it was Dell, and you know Dell, you've been on Dell's show. I'll mention Dell, he's on this network. His show, The Delicious Recipe, is here on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Um, I actually noted this because it was so rare. In the summertime, I seen quite a few truly all blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. And I could not believe it because it had been a long, long time because that's what William said. It's been a long time for him to have seen a truly blue sky. How about you? Uh, I, well, I remember as a kid, of course, laying on the grass yeah. and, and everything was simpler then. And mm -hmm. just, of course, when you're a kid, you don't, you don't have to. sound like a 90 years too. old. <laughs> no, I remember but, no. way back when we had to walk no. uphill five miles in the snow to school. I'm teasing you. <laughs> no, but you know, it's interesting, Lorley. I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be 36 next year. And so mm -hmm. when I talk to someone that's 17 or 18, I'm pretty old to them. You mm -hmm. know, it's a big difference. It's a huge mm -hmm. difference. Um, but in any case, it's I'm all about... 57, so there's 20 yeah. years between us. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I remember things being a lot more, they felt a lot more pure and a lot mm -hmm. uh, simpler back in even the 90s and everything when I was a kid. And um, mm -hmm. the thing about it is that, you know, there, there is this talk, of course, about chemtrails. You know, that's mm -hmm. obviously it's a controversial topic. I believe that stuff is definitely happening. Uh, but the other thing that too is that what I always bring up to to people is again it's just pay attention to the dimensions. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. I don't believe it's usually the same in every version of the dimension. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is, and this is what is always taught in the ancient world, is that it's the answers are within. Is mm -hmm. that you actually have the power? And like you said at the beginning, Lorely, we have so much power. A lot of us don't even realize that. Um, oh yeah. You have to be able to um, organize that balance that and then to harness it and to apply it in order to have uh, connections I think between dimensions or to have that be very accessible to you so what, mm -hmm. I, what I'm getting at is that I actually think in some of the versions of earth the sky is always blue I've actually been to very blue and very beautiful I've been to some of the higher versions of the earth and in those places there's it's very strange very very strange there's actually very few people there um, I Sometimes I'll go through uh, places and it's rush hour. I'm in a big city. I think it might have been when I was in, where was, where was I? Chicago or, or Houston, maybe. Uh, and I was driving through in rush hour. And, you know, having said this, I was experiencing a very high state of consciousness at the time. I do a lot with fasting, you know, cleaning the fluids in your body, making sure you're eating the proper things. So it was not random. But I just remember going through the city and I'm like, that should have taken three hours. And it took like about 45 minutes. And I'm looking around me and I'm like, where is everyone? It's rush hour. It's one of the biggest cities in the country. This doesn't make sense to me. And then I start to think about in terms of dimensions. Um, that's I'm convinced that's what it was in that in that particular instance. Well, that's so, interesting. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So so the more that you can get your fluids clean and the higher you can get your energy gradient in the body, um, you have access to more dimensions. You have access to more of your 
divine uh, blueprint into your freedom inside. So um, it's always been that. It's, you know, the answers are within. So, uh, you know, don't ignore the outside world by any by any means, but you really have to take care of your own uh, spiritual self on the inside. And a lot of that has to do with physiology, actually. Of course, I teach um, concepts of uh, what I call pre-Ayurvedic medicine out of ancient India. It's just you have to, you know, get into fasting, flushing your fluids, keeping the fluids clean. And you will see there's huge rewards. You, you get to have um, more specific, deliberate experiences in higher dimensions with higher communication. And you can hold it for a longer period of time. So that's not just a random thing. It's actually you can establish that as your, your set point. That's the only reason. The only reason I'm able to integrate the amount of information I do is not random. It's not random and it's not genetics. It's the fact that I fast every day, every day for a certain, you know, for most of the day, actually. And I'm always circulating the fluids. And then that, it gives me access to the spirit world, uh, which I would say most people probably don't have that that style of access to. But I, it's a huge sacrifice. You know, I'm not going to be picking out a dinner and stuff like that. I like food. So not an easy thing necessarily, you know. I don't really eat naturally. So I guess when you were saying all this, I kept just thinking that it's good advice. But the other thing is, is that I'm not giving, telling people to fast until they see their own medical practitioner, make sure that oh, it's yeah, safe yeah. for you to do it. No, but just to put that Check out there. In. But the other thing is, Check is in, yeah. that um, I, all that I keep going through my mind is, I think I agree that we go within for the answers. I believe we all know the answer just whether we put it off to we haven't really we, we haven't really trained ourselves to listen necessarily because our body will speak to us it will if we can quiet the mind um i think that the subconscious the higher self whatever you want to call it knows it all it does it's been there through it all through all the lives through everything but i also believe that the more that we believe that we have to do in order to be able to access this we we become what we believe what we perceive becomes what we believe and it becomes our reality that's one of my biggest things i've come up with and i really believe that so if we believe we have to do these things yes it, then we will no i'm what i'm trying to add to that and that's not putting any fault on you with this what you're suggesting and what works for you dave and it works for you that's great um and again when you were talking about fasting i kept thinking i'm not fasting and i realized i don't really eat I don't, I maybe eat once a day if I'm lucky, but maybe you consider that fasting, right? And moving the fluid around. Maybe oh, that's yeah. why it works. Maybe that's why these things that I'm able to do. So I, myself, so I'm not doubting it, but that it's works not, for you. For it's not for everyone. No, definitely mm -hmm. not. And you got to be at the right point in your spiritual journey. Um, mm -hmm. I was just talking to my friend the other day and, and he said, oh, you know, I'm actually, I, I'm concerned it's going to change my mental state. And I, and I say, yeah, it will. And that's, you know, you're moving up the cosmic axis of your spine. You're accessing that different dimensions as you move up the chakra system. So yeah, it's, you know, if you're not ready to make those transitions or if you feel like, you know, it might not be your life path. But what I do want to say is that it's, it's an essential part of the original Ascension teachings uh, out of ancient India, you know, and even Jesus all the time, fast, fast, you know, you want to get the information. He was out there for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, well, but we could go there with the Bible because I will tell you, I yeah. don't know. And when I first met Dell, and he'll tell you this, he told me, you hate the Bible. I don't hate the Bible. I think the Bible is an amazing book. I think it has super high vibrational energy because of the belief and the love behind it. Okay. But it was written by men. We are still finding versions of the Bible that were not included in part of that. Right. So to me, 
Uh, does it have good messages in there? Yes, it has a many contradicting messages as well. But to me, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it still came from man. I mean, you look at religion, and I'm not knocking religion either. Just my belief system, and it's just what I'm sharing. Doesn't mean it's the truth. I don't know everything. But to me, religion is a man-made thing, if you will. It comes from man, right? And man is not infallible. Man, man is not perfect. Now, I think that there are people that are connected with spirits that are connected to higher powers, connected with, you will, to ET, with whatever they're getting this. I mean, we can go through every culture that has angels, and is it really angels? I've even entertained that. Are they, uh, do I believe, do I not believe angels exist? Absolutely, I believe they exist. But were people seeing ETs way back then? Is that what's within their hieroglyphics and their scrolls and, and what have you from the past, right? So oh, there's yeah. so many questions. I don't know if we have the answers. And again, I think all we can do is share what works for ourselves when you meet people that want to know to maybe better connect with what they feel they want to connect with, whether that's a spiritual journey, whether it's their spiritual gifts, whatever it may be. But we ha I also feel we have to take what resonates with ourselves as well. And I truly, truly believe this. And you can go through science, you can go through research. The mind is a powerful thing. So if we believe we have to do these things, if we believe whatever we believe, it just becomes that much stronger for us. Now, I'm not saying what you're what you're talking about isn't right or, or anything like that. I'm just saying that I meet many people, and I'm not saying yourself, I meet many people that have this huge regimen of what has to be done. This has to be done, and this has to be done, 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 or else it'll never work. No, that's what you had to do for it to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know where oh, I'm yeah, going yeah, with yeah. this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you have to see how your body responds. You gotta know. Mm -hmm. If you can handle it, you got to know if you're ready for it. Uh, mm -hmm. But I've also seen, to your point, Lorelei, I've also seen people healed uh, from impossible, and I'm sure you have too, from impossible oh, me medical conditions mm -hmm. just by consciousness and prayer. You know, so I, I, I say all the time, like, all right, you know, whatever, whatever you guys want to try. But all I say is that you know there is a very, very, very old tradition that talks about how the body system mm -hmm. was created. You know, mm -hmm. and it has to do. Actually, it's just physics. It's just Moving, think about it like this, it's moving fluid through pipes. The pipes are your blood vessels and the veins. So if the pipes are brittle um, or they're, you know, misshapen or deformed, you know, how are you going to get the mm -hmm. fluid past that? It doesn't have a, a free flow of fluid. Also, if the fluid is too thick, you know, you're going to have pressure on the outsides of the veins. I'm going to say something else to support what you just said. Now, on the other hand, okay, mm -hmm. give people all this food for thought. If you think about back in the day, like you said, where this came from, okay, and this is to support what you're saying, is that we didn't have grocery stores. We didn't have all these things. We had to hunt for our food. We had to work for our food. We had to grow our yep. food. We had, there were going to be fasting periods. There were going to be things like this. And that was a normal way of life. Like how many times I've said to people, we had done a show on prepping and talking about this, like you would not believe the amount of people that when you ask them, like I, I've said it, you know, say, say we had a strike an EMP against our grid and there was no internet and your water shut off, your electricity shut off, everything shut off. What would be the currency of the day? And when I brought up with one person in particular, I remember I was doing a show, it was on my old network, and I said water would be one of the most precious currencies on the planet. They laughed. And I said, why are you laughing? 
water. And I said, where do you live? And I knew where they lived. They lived, they lived in Florida. And I said, well, how many freshwater lakes do you have around you? And they were on camera. People couldn't see them. And you saw them think for a second and then their mouth dropped. That's what I'm saying. People don't think about these things, right? Because we all have grocery stores. Well, most of us do grocery stores and things. So this is to support it. Yes, this is probably how people discovered that fasting works for a large majority of people because that was a way of life back then as well. Oh, yeah. You you Mm -hmm. didn't have access to the amount of food. So a a lot of times you wouldn't have a choice even. But the native no, tribes. it wasn't by choice, but people probably realized, holy crap, like, who am I connecting with? And if I'm meditating or if I'm, you know what I'm saying? So they realize this. Yep. So I'm putting both things out there for people, right? We want to give oh, people yep. food for thought out here. And I want to get to William. So Dave, you know, we got less than 20 minutes left. I swear, Listen, every time Dave and I get talking, we can talk for hours. <laughs> well, I just, I just want to make a quick comment before we get okay. to William's comment. Um, you know, a lot of Native American tribes have what are called vision quests or uh, oh, yeah. different styles yep. of that. And I'm going to say, I'm just going to be honest. A lot of them involve fasting. I just read about uh, one called the sun dance. I actually had never heard of that. And there's a required fasting component. You don't go into this um, ceremony until you have started fasting. You know, that's absolutely required. I have to fight because I never brought it up. I was letting you talk about this, but where I live. I live 10 minutes away from the reserve here. There's huge First Nations population in where I live. There's two yep. um, very interesting interrelated on opposite sides of the city, native legends. And one, we have one of the largest silver mines here in the world that supposedly is protected by Nanabiju or Gichigumi is called, and it looks like a sleeping giant. And anytime somebody has tried to access that mine, they have died. And there's quite a native legend behind that. Uh, we also have the fall, Little Niagara Falls here, uh, Kekabeka. One of these times I'll go over the legend again of both of these. It's quite the interesting little story. But I know they do sweat lodges and things here. So I'll have to talk to a few people and ask them. I would imagine there's probably some fasting involved with it as well, though, with the sweat lodge. It's like Definitely. a vision well, quest. Oh, yeah. And, and even the sweat lodge in itself is a form of purification, which is mm-hmm. really the central idea behind fasting anyway. And mm-hmm. when you, of course, when you sweat, you also remove some toxins, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, that's what's going on with that for sure. Plus the, the amount of food, because it's interesting. Well, I'm going to read William's messages. He said, I just got okay. a message from someone. I said they had or oh, sorry, I'm trying to read what they said here. I got a message from someone. Um, they said that their well and and well water and rainwater test, they had it tested. So the rain came back with definite uh, positive on salmonella and different other types, I'm guessing of microbes, of what you wouldn't expect to find in rainwater. Yes, I've heard that. And then I've even heard of people that have been testing their water and have found graphene believe it or not, in their water as of recent, as of late. I don't think it's new, but um, I think people have become more aware of that. And I have definitely seen some videos and all kinds of stuff. Heck, I have a video from two winters ago, and I had seen people doing this, and I thought it was crazy. They were taking snow and taking a flame to the snow, and it was like the snow was compacting and turning black. I thought they were crazy till I did it myself and I did it on camera. I have it somewhere on Facebook. I can find it. The snow was, was not melting. It was literally compacting, like melting, but no liquid and turning black. I kid you not. How does that happen? 
And then you probably, add, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's probably along the similar lines as to why the, the skies are not bright blue anymore. You know, what's what's in our air? That's the question. And then, of course, it ends up on the ground. Mm-hmm. Because he said, how long before people start eating each other? I think we're already there, depending how far you go. And you can, for people that think that's crazy or conspiracy theory, look up Jamie Oliver and a certain restaurant with Golden Arches. I won't say the name. And some of the things that he proved, at least over there. Um, I think most human beings have no idea what is in their food. Now, I'm not saying that we're eating one another. What I'm saying is, I think that with a little digging and a little research, you'd be surprised what you find in your food. Would I be right about that, Dave, since we're speaking of fasting? <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, you know, I have an example of that, too. There's, I, I believe it's called L-cysteine, if I'm not mistaken. And mm -hmm. I looked it up because I had never heard of it. Apparently, it comes from uh, human hair, and it's mm -hmm. in a lot of frozen pizzas and stuff like that. That's yeah. the last time I bought that, you know, what? Who who is who is giving the who is giving the go ahead on this? Are you know are you kidding me? Who's going to be comfortable with that idea? Come on. I'm trying ridiculous. to remember what the name is. I know this. I'm going to remember when I go off air here, but it's called is it HKN239? It is a flavoring in many fast foods. And there's a there's a trade name for it. It's going to come to me. I know it well as I'm talking. It is made out of human fetal kidney cells. So um, it's like I'm thinking it's one of the soft drinks, the sodas out there that starts with a P and ends with an I. Um, just being careful what names I say on here. So um, it's in that. It's in many of the prepackaged foods. And that is where it originates from. And that is not, um, that is not uh, conspiracy. Look it up yourself if I could remember the darn name. You know what? I got a computer here. Actually, while I'm talking to you, I can look this up, the flavoring of it. But I will tell you the exact name of it in just a sec. But have you heard about that, Dave? I haven't heard about that one specifically. I will find I, it. What I would say is that if you go far back enough into ancient history, um, there's, well, I, I mentioned the animal sacrifice at the beginning of the show. I mean, yeah, there's been there's been all kinds of sacrifice, both plant, animal and human throughout all of history. You know, it's not a pleasant thing to talk about, um, but it's happened. And, um, you know, maybe some of the people who are running things think that's funny to put in uh, the food for the masses. Maybe they think it's going to poison us. Maybe they just like the fact that they can get away with something without most people realizing. I don't know what I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of what kind of mental state these people live in. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, but the point is, is that, you know, we should question when we pull up an ingredient, like me and Laura are talking about, why is it from a human component or why is it from something that we don't like? Senomix. Senomix, it is called, ladies and gentlemen, S-E-N-O-M-Y-X. Senomix. That's what it's called. H-E-K cells are in there. Okay. okay. Human embryonic kidney cells. I just about died when I learned about this a few years ago. Usually when I tell people, I've ta I think I've talked about it on the air. Oh, it's been a long time since I've talked about it. But that is the flavoring name of it. You're going to find people that claim to be doing the truth-seeking. We know who those checkers are. They Because I see it comes up first because I use good old uh, Google to look. And, of course, I knew that was going to come up as the fact checkers have checked and it's fake. It's not fake. Yeah, exactly. Well, now, who are the fact checkers? That's my question. Oh, there, we do a whole show on that. 
just because you call yourself a fact checker, that don't mean you're a fact checker. I'm just going to say that. To Somebody right sent me this. Now, I haven't had time to dig through a lot of stuff. I usually get caught up uh, tomorrow is when I get caught up on my weekend stuff. But I believe it was called the human human meat market or something. There's a whole industry apparently in some of the, I want to say California. Uh, somebody sent me a message on it. I'll have to update you guys next week if you if you remind me. But um, yep, there's a whole thing. Um, there's restaurants. I know though, depending on how much digging you do, because William, you asked this, people, you said uh, they use pigs to grow parts for human surgery, heart valves. Oh, definitely. But I'm going to tell you something else someone sent me today, speaking of getting sent. And I was horrified having worked in the NICU, having run an infertility support group, having been involved in labor and delivery in newborns. They, and they, this was an advertisement for uh, birth pod. They were called birth pods and they showed it. It was, they could put out over 30,000 babies a year. They were marketing it to people that were infertile or say same sex couples or, you know, people that wanted to have a surrogate or whatever and trying to tell you that prematurity and um, C-sections would be a thing of a past. And they were showing they have these pods and all these babies, they were growing in these pods. They were see-through. They were talking about the app or the pretend, the parent expectant parents could connect to the pod at any time and get the history and a time lapse of the baby growing and check on. I was absolutely horrified. Can you imagine? Like, and I kept thinking, my God, what kind of baby would you get from that? I mean, babies are exposed to their mother's voice and mother's heartbeat, everything else. Like I, it looked like it was see-through from what they were showing. Like, how are you going to filter out light? How you, like, I just couldn't even believe this when I saw this. So I, I'm floored. And what we know is so little as a general public compared to what's really going on, say, with advances in science and whatever, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they're prob probably 30 years ahead of us, maybe 50 mm -hmm. years ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Even with when you're talking about the, the UFO craft, that's very commonly talked about that. They're way, you know, what we're seeing, we think it's really cool and really advanced and they're, they're way ahead of that. You know, they're not going to oh, get yeah. their top technology to the public for sure. No mm -hmm. way. Absolutely not. Now, what William says when it comes to fact checkers, I'd like to know who's paying their salary. Where exactly did they get the right. money? Follow, well, follow the money trail. Always, always. You want to know where anything is going. That And actually, Dell and I usually talk a lot about this kind of stuff on his show on Thursday nights. and what we say and i used to hate to hear this in the beginning and i'm sure i've said it too many times dave i used to hate to hear follow the money but you know what it's so true and if you're willing like we started the show to have an open mind to be able to look because i remember when this all started with what we just went through a couple of years ago the big c we'll call it big cb 19. um i remember walking in I had gone out to pick something up. Everything hadn't been locked down yet. And Dell was watching a certain alphabet soup news program, we'll call it. And I said to him, why are you watching this crap? And he said, Laura, and I've never forgotten this. He goes, we need to take a look at everything. Yeah. We need to get a well-rounded picture of everything out there. And then it's a lot better the more knowledge, right? knowledge is power or empowering and then you can make a decision he was right so it's the same thing with all of this stuff right we got to take a good look so when it comes to search engines 
use a variety, take a look and follow the money. And the scary part when you do that, and I know Dave will agree, you always find the same names at the top, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I think over the years they've actually been condensed even more. There, maybe there used to be four or five, and now there's maybe two or three, and they're all they're all the same. You know, all the same group of people. And also, mm-hmm. Dell, Dell is a true Gemini, so you know it's just brilliant yeah. because he's totally correct. I have um, a lot of Gemini qualities in my birth chart as well, and I, I do the same thing. I'm like, guys, okay. I know you believe that, but just hang on. Now let's look at what this person's saying. Let's look at what this person's saying. And then let it sit for a while. And actually, Gemini, sometimes they never even decide where they stand on it. I do I do decide where I stand on it. So I, I got kind of access to both of those. But that's that's the way even to do good science. You know, if you guys want to mm-hmm. be a good scientist, you have to, like, go in with your hypothesis, but don't let it be a bias. If you see something that is uh, contrary you have to go with the information and the facts, you know, and then ask who the fact checkers are too, because if someone says this is a fact and I know that they're paid by someone or they're in this organization or something, immediately I'm like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm probably not going to listen to this anymore. And then the, the, the way, the way, you know, too, Lorely, is that if you, if you grill them or you ask them and you're like, be like, all right, well, this is what I hear about your organization. So mm-hmm. prove me wrong, prove me wrong. And if they get uncomfortable, they're like, oh, we don't have that fact. Then I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Because anyone, anyone who is going to be fully in full disclosure, I say all the time. I'm like, someone, if I say something, some, someone thinks is questionable, they don't believe it. Challenge me. Challenge me. I'm not, I'm not hiding behind anything. I'm happy to answer questions. You know, I think there's an easier one, easier one where I always say, and I think people, not a lot, but they're starting to, people are starting to realize if it's censored. Or the fact checkers right. have stamped it. You guys right. go in the opposite direction. Or if they're they're poo-pooing it, you follow that road. <laughs> follow the road because there's it's it's probably true. <laughs> not yeah, because... true. Not not that they're saying no, it's not true, but it probably is true. The opposite of what they're saying is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not going to take the time to censor it if it's because they, they don't care. They don't care. And that goes for everything, I think, Laura Lee. It's not just the mm-hmm. YouTube and all this stuff. It's exactly. the fact that if someone's like, oh, you can't say that, I'd be like, okay, so, so everything else I do in my life, even though I do other crazy... You don't like, care weird, about... Oh, yeah, other weird stuff or things that are like, oh, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're fringe on society or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if there's a person like that, and then they're saying, well, why aren't you talking about you know the fact that I have these other issues in my life? The only thing you're talking about is that maybe I don't want it to go through a medical procedure or something that involves mm-hmm. some kind of a test mechanism mm-hmm. that's not even biologically, you know, uh, mm-hmm. safe for the body. And you're telling me that I can't talk freely about that, but mm-hmm. yet I'm also doing this other stuff. Maybe I'm part of this, uh, an organization that people look down upon or something like that. And you're not talking about that one. Mm-hmm. Why is it not that one also an issue for you? And then you know mm-hmm. why, because they're in on it and they're getting paid on it. And then you look at the bigger picture, and we'll end on this note here, you look at the bigger picture, right? And what they want us to be doing is arguing and fighting amongst each other instead of standing back, agreeing to disagree, you know, you do what's right for you, I'll do what's right for me, and getting along, Mm -hmm. and then really paying attention to the bigger issues. But we'll have to cover those on another story. So where can they, or another story, another show, my brain's not working here, speaking of fasting all day. So where can they get a hold of you, Dave? Where can they find you? What do you got coming up? The whole bit. 
Yeah, sure. The best place is probably always Facebook. Uh, it's just under Dave Petrella. That's P-E-T-R-E-L-L-A. Um, it's easy to find. You know, I'm the only Dave Petrella that says astrology at the top of the page. So you guys will find me. Uh, Facebook, also Instagram, Dave Petrella 12, the number 12, mm-hmm. uh, one, two. And then um, when, I say, when I say 12, I mean type out the, the you know, the numbers one and two. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my YouTube channel YouTube, is also yeah. also under Dave Petrella. Um, I post everything I do on there, guys. So the best, really the best way to follow my work is probably my YouTube channel. Uh, oh. Please subscribe if you find it um, helpful or interesting or, you know, you want to send me a message. I also, of course, have uh, full astrology services, tropical astrology. I do birth charts, uh, relationship matching. I do um, selecting events for the year if it's going to make it easier for you or higher chance of success, uh, business applications. Then I also teach uh, natural medicine principles. You know, I mentioned pre-Ayurvedic principles, including fasting, circulating your fluids, uh, health tips, and uh, I'm also available for spiritual guidance and teaching. So any of those things, if I can help you, please, guys, send me a note. Uh, I'm happy to get in contact with you. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. I want to thank William for the many comments, questions, as well as we had we had Zach there, uh, one of our regular supporters of the show. Thank you so much. And I'm trying to find Raymond. Raymond, I think it's Newsom, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it is. Gene Newsom. Thanks. Those are the comments I could see. I'm sure there's more out there. But please share the, our uh, this show and the rest of the network with your friends and family. There's something for everybody on here. Remember, we started on Roku this week. We will be coming to Amazon TV and Apple TV very soon. We'll let you know exactly when that happens. If you ever want to get a hold of me and get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash the angel rock if you want to book a reading i do spiritual teaching and mentoring i also do healing work like crystal reiki uh so um if you want to book a session like that i have two groups on facebook uh the angel rock tribe for many of the spiritual concepts we talked about tonight and many others as well as the paranormal university for all things paranormal now i know we didn't quite get to the cryptids that's why we'll have to have dave back but i knew we were going to go all over with this conversation tonight as we usually do dave thank you so much again for being here um i also want to let you know next monday i have booked for you she's been on the show before uh carmen turner shot she also is an astrologer she's a social worker but we're going to be talking about symbology and symbols and one of her other book and how they kind of pertain to what's going on in life right now so it should be an interesting conversation so same time same place i wish you all good morning good afternoon or good evening, wherever you may be. Love you all so much, and we'll see you next week, same time, same space. Thanks again, Dave. Thanks, Lorley. Thanks, guys.